Hey everybody, it's RevDDT here for another broadcast. Okay, so we're doing a broadcast today on, what, Tuesday? Oh my god, we're like two or three days late. No, I'm not, I'm not late, I'm right on time, actually. I only do these podcasts when I got something to say. At first, I had a lot to say. And, you know, after I said that, I started like, searching my heart for more things to say. I might have a few more, and then now I wait for things to be put upon my heart so I can say those things because that's where we're at in this journey that we're on together on Tuesday, September 14th. It's 4.29 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I'm in Boise, Idaho, and it's a wonderful day. It's beautiful outside. I woke up in a good spirit today. I was I actually slept. I was actually in my body when I woke up. I was actually here. I was present, and um, thank God. Then my cat came in a little while later, and she wanted to lay down on the bed with me, so we laid down. And, you know, I laid there and pat her. She snuggled up against me and fell asleep, and um, I fell asleep. And then I woke up a half hour later going, whoa. I fell asleep, and I'm laying there, and my cat was still there, and I says, okay, so usually if I get up and move, she gets, jumps off and goes outside or whatever. She didn't do that today. She stayed on the bed. She laid there, and she crawled up by my pillow. I came, I left the room, came back in, and she was up by my pillow after sleeping. She had her head on my, it was kind of funny. She actually had her head on my pillow sleeping like that, laying on her side, and I was like, well, okay, so they do do that. Then. <laughs> Got another cat that sits on his but like he's a human, and lays his arm over, this, over the armrest on the chair out front on the porch. He looks like a little dude sitting there. It's real funny. I'll have to take a picture of him sometimes so you guys can see it. If you ever go to my podcast, I mean my Instagram page, I'm RevDDT. You know, it's at Instagram. And then I got a Facebook page. It's under Daniel Tilton. That's my name, T-I-L-T-O-N. Spell it like that, and you'll say it the same. <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay, so is there anything you love about yourself? Uh, somebody asked me that question um, in the chat room. Uh, lady, the older lady, she's she's a friend. Uh, I made friends with her. We made friends online, so we're just online friends. So uh, she says, "Is there anything you love about yourself?" And at the time, I said, "No." I was starting to think of the. I was starting to think, how do I even process that thought? Because you know, I was, I was not raised up as a Christian, but I went to church a little bit when I was a kid. But you know, I eventually jumped into the church. You know, full feet, full head, just delved right on in, jumped right on in there, let the water go over my head, and just sank right in there, and, and the bye went ground in here for a while. So I did, and um. And, um, you know, I, when I do something, I go full force at it. I, I don't just go half-assed at it. I go full force. Everything I got, boom, right in there. Focus everything, boom, right in there. Now, I can, I multi, I'm a multitasker. I can multitask like a maniac. But when I do focus on one thing and stay focused on that one thing to clear to the end, because some things you actually have to focus on clear to the end, you can multitask other things as you're going along, but they're just things that are like a little loose ends that you need to tie up and stuff, right? But um, when I focus on things, I jump in full force, every bit. I give every bit of my heart and everything to it. So I did. And so in Christianity, there's uh, a lot about, you know, dying to self and stuff like that. You know, it's the words that Jesus said, you know. You must uh, die to yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Well, like, what? It's talking about our ego, you know, the part that, that is selfish, our selfish side. This, the part that's, the part that's um, ungodly-like, in other words. Uh, he's not talking about you, yourself, because you can't. You can't divide yourself from yourself and stand, because he even said that a house divided against itself cannot stand. You are a house, period. You're a temple of the Lord, period. You are. Not not everybody together. Everybody together, we make up a temple as well. But you are an individual. He's inside of you individually. His fullness dwells in you. Fullness dwells in you. If you are separated from everybody else that's in Christianity or whatever, or whatever religion you're in that you, you know, came to the Lord, came to God by, and he's... And, would you, okay, so you're separate from everybody. Now, are you a piece of God, or are you, or is the fullness of God dwelling in you? See, that's, there's a difference, because it, the, the truth is, is that you're not a piece. The fullness of God dwells in you. He even says that in Colossians, I think. It's like Colossians 3-something. It talks about that, you know, the, God was pleased to have that the fullness of uh, his fullness dwelt in Christ Jesus, and we are the same as he is exactly when it comes to that, period. We're just straight up, you know. 
if it didn't, then, okay, so I would need the, the body of Christ to survive. What is the body of Christ? It's completely wiped out of the face of the earth, and that's the only one left. Somebody says, well, that could happen, because, you know, they're going to whole theological debates over that, but, you know, it could, you know. Oh, well, then you screwed up, and you're not in Christ. No. When he died, for, you know, that's, see, that's error in your freaking understanding as far as salvation goes. Did you know that he died for everybody once and for all, for all sin, all of man's... I wasn't going to talk about this. It's on my heart now. But um, all of mankind's sin, everything that everybody would ever do, period, is was laid upon him, period. And God took that and threw it as far as the east is from the west. So that's a long ways. Okay? And it also says another place in the, in the, in the, in the prophet Minors, it says that he threw it into the sea of forgetfulness. Now, if God forgets something on purpose, don't you think we need to? As long as we're dwelling on it, it's, and as long as we point it out to you, as long as we think somebody else is doing something that's sinful, or we're doing something that's sinful, you're doing this sinful thing, you need to repent. You need to repent. No, your repentance happened when you came to Christ. See, that's where, there's, that's where the error is, one of the errors in church, church theology. They don't understand this, because they themselves are still holding on to the blame and guilt of their own, their own shame, their own whatever, or they're doing it on another person because they want to be judged, and that's just narcissism. It just leads to all kinds of crazy crap. Stupid thinking is what I call it. Stupid does stupid what stupid does, stupid is, stupid does, you know. Forrest Gump, what is stupid does, stupid is, stupid does. What stupid is, stupid does. Well, you know, that's exactly how it is. It's not no different. Believe me, I've researched this enough to know. 30 years of research in that, in that one book. I researched a lot of other things while I was researching that one book because you can't help it because there's a lot of other topics within that one book too as well that you need to research as well to, that will help you understand things. And I wanted to understand. I wanted to understand what I was looking at. I wanted to know what these jerks in the freaking pulpits were lying to me about because I knew they were lying. I couldn't put my finger on it. When you know somebody's lying but you can't put your finger on it, you know you know you know. That's discernment, baby. You're sniffing something out there. That's your nose. It's at work, man. Spiritual discernment is at work. And you need to investigate to find out what it is, unless you want to just let it go and just move on. Me, I need to know what it is. That way, I can avoid it the next time. And also, if there's somebody with me or other people around there going, hey, wait a minute, are they confused? I can help them stay away from that freaking one thing. So, you know, you know, we, we, we look at this and we go, we, we, we look at this and we think, we think oh, well, this person needs to repent because they're just a sinner. No, we're in seasons. Our life has seasons to it. And sometimes that stuff is not gone all the way. It's not gone all the way until... That's why we're still here. It's being worked out. Our salvation is being worked out individually. So you're an individual, and you're an individual stone in the house of God. It says in one place in the scripture references. But it says straight up, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Redeemed, cleansed, and sanctified by the, lo- by the, by the love, by the grace of God. By the love of God. That's God's work, not yours, not mankind, so they have no right to judge. And here's another thing, too. We're not leaders. No, we're not supposed to be leading anybody. We don't, we don't even lead by example. Set an example, sure, but you know what? Five minutes after we set the example, we're going to screw up. We're going to come into error in our thinking some more. If anybody thinks they're perfect in this, they're not. You're not, and that's arrogance. And that's one of the things he said to die to. That's the self he's talking about. Die to self, pick up your cross, and follow me. That instrument of death, that altar that you're going to die, you know. Christ's altar was a cross. The living sacrifice, this was a cross. Over all of humanity, he was raised above us. Raised above us on this cross, hanging there, bleeding, bleeding his life out for our sins. Okay, now check this out, man. Once and for all, it's all done. If we stop fucking pointing it out, if we stop thinking it, in our own thoughts, even if we're thinking about another person or ourselves, don't do that. It's called judgment. You should be doing that. You just judge not, that you should be judged. 
Oh, you keep judging like that? You don't say, what happens if you judge yourself like that? You're being judged already, but guess what? Double whammy, because you're going to get judged too for it. You know how karma works? It's the same freaking thing. You know, the principle is actually, you reap what you sow. It's right there in scripture. You reap what you sow, man. Keep sowing it. Whatever you're thinking about, you're sowing that. It's either, if you're not doing it outwardly, which it does have an outward effect, period, no matter what you're doing, it has a ripple, it has a ripple effect, it has an outward effect, but you are sowing it into your own heart. Now you want to stay in that place where you're stuck and you got no breakthroughs and your spiritual self, self is pretty much dead because you can't even, you know, you can't discern anything, you can't sense anything. You're, you're, listen, we're all psychics. Everybody is. Everybody on the planet is. We're all the same in that respect. We have the same amount of gifts, we have the same talents, we just, the, the, the problem is, is that somebody came up with a clarification list and said, oh, well, these are all better than these. I don't know where that's at. It's in Romans. Don't tell me about it. I know it's in Romans 5, I think. But um, the thing of it is, is that's wrong. That man was a freaking wrong about a lot of things. But this very topic I'm talking about, he's wrong about. There are no rulers except Christ. Well, you have one ruler. And listen, Jesus flat out said it. It's in John. You're going to read it yourself. He says, you're all the same. He said, well, according to this one thing, he says, you're not rulers. You're not leaders, he even said. But that word leader and ruler is synonymous. It, it, they're, they're together. It's the same word. You're not rulers. You're all the same. You have one Christ. That's it. One Christ. I'm not about you. I'm not Christ. I have no right to lead anybody because I'm not Christ. Christ is the only shepherd we have. Period. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And it's good. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Anybody says, you know, they used to tell me, man, when I said, I'm just going to, I can't wait till I get to the point where I could just study just the Gospels themselves by themselves without anything else. I needed all that other stuff to help me understand the Gospels a little bit. And I needed all that other stuff because I, because I thought I needed it. I also needed it because I, I wanted to need it. And I also needed it because there was a lot of reasons why. But I needed it. I really actually didn't need it. It got me confused in a lot of ways. The Old Testament, now I'm talking about the Old Testament, I'm talking about the New Testament. The Old Testament didn't confuse me. No, it's pretty straightforward. But um, the New Testament, you know, I, said, well, I wonder about this, I wonder about that. But I needed it. I needed to understand. I don't know. I don't know why I needed it. I just did. Maybe because I was a still a, a babe that needed that bottle. You know, the second I was like, you know, infants are that, to the point where they're in their toddlers, and, and then they one day don't need the bottle anymore, and they're just done sucking on the tit, done sucking on the bottle, and now they're eating food. And they even like vegetables sometimes. You know, ooh, I like the carrots. <laughs> Mommy, I like carrots. Hey, <laughs> well, that'd be great, wouldn't it? But that's what I'm talking about, though. When I was a babe, I thought like a babe. Well, as a man, I became a man. I became a man. I stopped. I put away babe thinking, and I started thinking like a man. You see, it's kind of the same principle. Same principles work there. You don't need it anymore. Why did I need it? Who knows? Who gives a crap? I don't care anymore because I'm not going to talk about that. Because I want to talk about this. Didn't need it. I just needed the gospels. I needed to understand them. And I realized that, and I was saying it then. But when I said that, this one of my friends popped up and goes, well, "I don't know about that, man. It's kind of dangerous." I go, "What? Who do you what? what? Uh, and I sat there and I thought for a little while, you know, and I, was, I, I, I didn't say anything to him for a little bit, about a half hour. A half hour later, I just, I said, I got something to say. And, and I shut the TV off and I said, I really got something to say. And you turn the TV off. If you don't turn it off, I'm going to turn it off for you. And I turned it off. So I shut the TV off. I said, I better be quiet. And just let me say this. Who gives you, who in the hell do you think you are telling me or anybody else on this planet that the words of Jesus the Christ, our, she- our shepherd, the only shepherd that we have, the only shepherd of the church, and the only shepherd God has appointed before mankind, the only great high priest we have, and this is I'm all according to scripture. Who in the heck do you think, who in the hell do you think you are to stand there and, and utter the words of Satan at me 
and tell me that if I did just read a study of the Gospels by themselves, I'd be in a dangerous place. And everybody's in the room's jaw dropped open, and they looked at this one person I was talking to, and his jaw was dropped open. You can't believe I said that to him. I said, and you have the arrogance to stand, sit there and think that you cannot believe I said that. Who gives you this? Who gave you the right to sit above me and tell me, as Christ would tell me, what is good for me and what is not? Because each one, each one of us knows what's good for us and what's not. If you don't know that, you'll find out, and that's all part of growing up and learning by you, which is part of what we're doing here. But it's not the only thing we're doing. Getting to know our, our great shepherd. Listen, when when the shepherds go out before the sheep to, to move the sheep, you know. Uh, now, cowboys, they just go out and they wrestle up the cows. Go, woo! Yep, 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 yep. You know, get the dogs out there, too. You know, drive a couple of tractors, or not tractors, but motorcycles through there, and the cows will just, wow, stampede. Oh, lead them this way. Hey, yahoo! Wee, 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 wee. You know. But I don't do that. And shepherds don't do that with sheep. You don't go round them up. You stand up there and you call for them. And there's different ways to call for them, but they know the, sh- they know the shepherd's voice. They know their call. They know they hear his voice. They know that call. And they gather to him. I was watching uh, Ridiculousness one night. This is on the same subject. And there was a flutist, a flautist, however you say it, a flautin. This flautist was flautin his flute. Well, he was flautin his flute. He was flautin. <laughs> there was a flutist, and he was out in the forest. And I, I don't know, crazy, kind of crazy. He had one of those wooden flutes, you know, kind of a, a Native American one. But it was, it was really cool. It wasn't real low pitched. It was about medium pitched. Probably about a C. Yeah, about a C. He's out there, and he was, he was tooting his flute. And there was somebody out there with a the camera, and they were filming him. Yeah, well, he was just filming his face and his flute, right? And when they panned back, they back panned. They are panning back. What was, he had a crowd, obviously. There was a crowd there. We didn't see the crowd because it was shorter than the, you know, his fat head. When we panned back, there was a crowd there, and they were all sitting there. And as, as he panned back even more, there was more coming. He had at least 20 raccoons sitting around him, Sitting on the back, on their butt, on their back butts with their feet up, basically standing up, and they were all standing there, mesmerized, listening to this flute. And there were more coming. I mean, not like a couple either. They were coming from every direction. Raccoons of all things, a raccoon, not a raccoon, but a crowd of raccoons. They were attuned to that voice, that particular voice. Don't know why, but that, that's a, that's a, that's an example. It's a it's a, it's a it's a type, a shadow of, of that very thing that I'm talking about. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. And he calls them all by name. Interesting, huh? Have you ever heard God say your name? I have. Lots of times. Even when I was a kid, I did. As an adult, as a teen, teenager, did. You know, Daniel, don't do that. Daniel, come this way. Come now. Daniel, you know, Daniel, what are you doing today? <laughs> you know, hey, Daniel, how's it going? Ring, 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 ring. Hello. Uh, hello, this is Daniel. Daniel? Yeah, this is Daniel. Daniel? Okay, this is God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Making a joke, but anyway, um, the thing is, they know his name. He calls them all by name. They know his voice. They call. He calls them all by name. Shepherd goes out there and he stands there. And some of them have a bell on their on their on their uh, shepherd. Crook. They call it a crook. That that long. It's a cane. It's really long. Call it a crook. A crook. 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 A crook. A crook. A crook. A crook. A crook. A crook. Ribbit. Ribbit. <laughs> bees and carrots. Bees and carrots. They uh, <laughs> they got a bell on them. Some have a bell on them. They just they go, they go boom on it. You know, boom on it. Bell rings. You know what I mean? Boom, I'm doing boom on the ground, hitting on the ground, boom, boom, and sheep hear that, they come, boom. Most of them don't do that, they just walk out, but I don't know what they say, but I know a shepherd, a couple of them actually, and they say the same thing, they know me, they know my smell, they know, they, they know who I am, they know I'm going to move into a greener pasture.
master and they trust me. And that's the bond. That's a picture of the bond that we have with Christ. And it's a picture of Christ leading us to new pastures, fresh pastures. It's a picture of what's in the Psalms where it says, he just said this too, but he said it another way. He said he's a shepherd who goes before the sheep and he's the one who goes through the gate and opens the gate up. He's also the gate, by the way. But, um, and he leads around in a green pasture. But in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me beside green pastures, beside still waters. Um, you know, and uh, it leads me to green pastures besides still waters. See, you see what I'm saying here? It leads us into peace. Okay, that's the one thing about God that you can you can distinctly know it's God. If you're not being led into into peace, it's not God. God leads us into peace. Period. It's all throughout the scriptures, and it is his, it's one of His codes. It's the way He is. Period. Straight up, I'm telling you, He is. He is that calm, still water. He is that peace. He is that green shepherd. I mean, that green that green pasture. <laughs> He's the green shepherd. Jolly green shepherd. <laughs> he leads us that. It's him. He's the gate. It's him. He's everything, see. And who are you to tell me who... Where, where did you get... Where do you get the freaking stink-ass arrogance to sit there in front of me and tell me the Gospels are dangerous? You know what's dangerous? You are, friend. Because you're a false prophet. Anybody that would say something like that's a false prophet. Or speaking from the spirit of a false prophet. Okay, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is possessed by a false prophet? It could be, but not, not so what I'm saying. I'm saying that whoever said that to him, whether he heard it by spirit or by a person, by a person, a human being saying it, they falsely testified because it's a false testimony. I'll tell you what it does. You'll know the truth and set you free. Guess where you have to go? Jesus Christ is the way, the spirit. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh before the Father except by him. The way, the truth, a life. Period. So anyway, that's not what this that's not what this broadcast is about. But here we are, and I'm not on a tangent because I know I'm following the spirit because this came on my heart as I was talking, and I know his voice. He calls me by name. We're pals, we're buddies, man. He's a lot different than most people think. A lot. You know, he has a name. It's called Wonderful. I can see that, but I'm gonna say something about that name. You need to discover what that name means for yourself because I'll tell you what, he is wonderful and it's very true. Best friend I've ever had in my life. If I listen to him, no worries. I just still water again. There's that green pasture. Pasture is a place where you get something to eat. So the shepherd goes out there and he brings that bell or he calls him with a whistle or whatever. And they show up. They just come in. They come in like the raccoons were coming for that guy, that flautist. Like that flautist was playing out in the forest, and all the raccoons were gathering to him. Just like that, man. They come from every direction, wherever they're at. Usually, they hang out in the herd bunch, you know, together. There's a couple of them, you know, but they stay close to the herd. They all come up and herd up. He turns around. He starts walking. Hey, there's my cat. He starts walking. I guess what he walks to? He walks through the green pasture. Why? Because he needs something to eat. Because the sheep have a tendency to eat everything all the way down to the down to the root. So, on the kind of mole place down. Hey, Callie, how's it going, girl? What's she doing? Really? You want to do that now? Okay, here you go. <laughs> She's awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, she projects, man. She, she gives an image of what she, what she wants, or at least I get an image, uh, or works for me to do an image. I, I believe that she's projecting. Um, mainly because I asked her one time, and she said yes, but also because I asked God one time, and he said yes. And um, also because she does, she projects. She projects a, a picture of what she wants. And then um, today she had me walking around the house <laughs> checking different things. But I knew exactly what she wanted. I said, you want this? And I said, you lead. And she would lead me, lead me right to it. 
whatever it was, right to it every time. It's been going on for a couple of years now, so I'm and I test it all the time, so I know I know for a fact it's what she's doing, and it's cool. See, some cats, some animals, lots of animals have the, have the ability to project. How the hell do you think they talk to us and, and get, convey their message to us of something that they desire or they want or they need? Or if God uses them to talk to you, uh, it might be an ass talking with an American English accent or an American or an American speaking English. Is <laughs> or an, an Englishman with an American accent. I don't know what that sounds like. <laughs> Probably sounds like a hicks down south, y'all. Go on down south, yeah, that's right. What the hell did you just say? He said, we drove the car over there, we had a great day. What? You got that out of that? Uh huh? How'd you get that out? Listening. Speaking in tongues helps to understand things. A lot of things. Well, okay, let's speak in tongues. I'm not talking about projection. I'm not talking about um, prophesying, like, you know, I stand before a crowd and speak to them about something that God's desire to move on that crowd's heart with, you know, or not, whatever it is, or a single person. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about talking to God in tongues, you know, praising God, singing to God, just letting the tongues come through your ears like you can talk, listening while you're, while you're talking, asking God to develop your ears so that you can hear what, what you're saying, what you, so you can understand what you're saying. So I pray for understanding all the time because that's one thing that we, Definitely does that lack in this country, in this world. But I'm going to talk to you about something. If you were a warrior, say you're a warrior, you have to go out to battle. Say you're battling a freaking, um, say you're just battle on a battlefield. This is another foe. You know, more humans. They're pissed off and they want to kill you. And you're working for a king, you know, you're in an army or whatever. But you go out to battle. Say you're not, say you're just an individual and you get up every day. But you need to put on this armor to protect yourself because you have to, have to. Because if you don't, you'll probably die that day. Say that if you did. I'm just let me paint this picture. So I'm going out to battle, and I got my shield there. I'm wearing plate metal armor anyway. I really don't want to get you know chopped down, especially from behind. Well, I'm in this battle. I definitely want to come home to my wife and kids, or just to my own self, my own life. I just want to live. Say I just want to live. There's nothing really even any reason to live except that just have a desire to live. So I have all this stuff to protect me with. But I don't use it. I don't carry it with me. Say I take my armor, but I leave my shield. And I go out, and that day, there's somebody out on the field, battlefield that has the ability to cut through freaking armor, plate armor. But not a shield, though, because the shield is made out of different, a different type of metal. Say it's made out of titanium, and your armor is only made out of aluminum or aluminum. We could even say it was steel. There are some steel weapons that can cut right through steel. Yeah, there are. Some steel weapons can. Depends on how, how, that, how, how the tensile strength has, of that stuff and how sharp that is and, and the persons that's wielding it, their accuracy. I'm not talking about just where to hit, but how to hit so that they can cut through it. Just like you can bust through a board with your hands or break through a door with your bare hands. Sometimes you can do it from an inch away. Inch punch, inch punch time, boom. I got a door outside that I used the inch punch on the practice on. I busted through that thing a few a couple of years ago. Doing the inch punch. Get practicing, get practicing, get practicing. I was working on my inner strength that time, I still do. I wanted to be able to summon it to bring it up when I needed it. To bring it out of its, out of its, out of its environment, which is in the sacral chakra, and bring that energy up, all, an abundance of it up, and pinpoint it in one space, to focus it in one space, and go pow. Get practicing, get practicing, get practicing. One day, right through the door. Oh, nice. But at that point, everything changed. 
just like it did when, you know, nobody could ever do a backflip on a freaking BMX bike and land. Couldn't do it. As a matter of fact, couldn't even do it on a motorcycle, couldn't do it on anything. Man. Couldn't even do much less a triple or a double or a triple. I'm not sure if they've done a triple yet, but somebody's done a double. BMX bikes and, I don't know, motorcycle. They did on motorcycle first and BMX bike. After that, a guy, and he broke his neck 14 times before he did it, by the way. I heard his story. I was watching it on one of them shows, TV. Um, he kept trying to do it and kept breaking his neck. And eventually, he did it. And once he did it, uh, it opened the gate up. Many more people could do that. See, he goes through the gate and opens it up once it's out in the green pasture, the Lord does. You want to take that shield with you because you want to come back and you want to hang out with your Lord. You want to hang out with your family. You want to just be in the green pasture. You want some peace. You have to go to war sometimes to have peace. It's just true. It's the way it is, man. That's because there's other people on this planet that have another idea about life and they want to enforce that way of life upon us. Call it narcissism, whatever you want. Now, all of this are all, all freaking uh, psychology majors. So we're all going to go out there and we're all going to say, we're going to tell them what they are. <laughs> you know, you're all a bunch of narcissists and they're going to kill us with their swords. Or we could take a sword with us and we have a sword fight. Uh, you know, get in a sword fight, I'm going to have to have some armor. So you need some armor. So I say you got plate mail. But there's somebody, but you heard, you may not have even heard. Maybe you just saw it. Maybe you just thought it. Yeah, maybe I better take my shield with me. And you don't take it with you. You don't go out there and take it with you. Maybe maybe that shield isn't just to protect you. Maybe it's to protect your, uh, like the Spartans used to use it, to protect the guy next to them. Yeah, exactly. Make a turtle or a, what they call it for, you know. What is that damn animal we'll called that freaking rolls up in a ball? Armadillo. Look like at armadillo. Armadillo rolls up in a ball and he's covered all around. Boom. And when you're down, when you're done screwing around with him, he unrolls and takes off. Might as well just keep rolling. You know, gotta keep on rolling. Gotta keep on rolling. But, see, the turtle, he oh, go back in the shell. Boom. No, no, no worries. You know, no worries. Not in any hurry anyway. So, then when you're done screwing with him, he comes back out. It's a great day of the Lord God. So glad I'm alive today. I'm a turtle. And so, you don't take your shield. And say you go out there in the battlefield and you get hit. And you did take one to the plate metal armor. And it did not just dent your armor. Cut through. And it did cut through and, sh and fuck one of your shoulders up. And now you can't lift your arm up on that side. Now you can't do any anything crap. You can't do nothing. You really can't enjoy life when you're, when you're um, physically freaking injured. You gotta heal. Can't really enjoy life. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy life. The joy of life isn't just laying there and healing, and then going on to another day where you're gonna lay there and heal. It's not that. It's the in between. It's the fun stuff we get to do. It's the things like it's the rich part of life. It's that part of life that's so rich, like hanging out with your family. Sometimes it can be quite chaotic hanging out with your family. I know not everybody's got a perfect family. I know I don't, but I still like hanging out with them. I still like hanging out with my brother every once in a while, even though he hates me. <laughs> yeah, well, he does love me, but he also doesn't like me too. So. I could die, pick that up. I, I was just very sensitive, so pick up on calls on the I can hear conversations happening before they even happen sometimes, and I can hear them happening when I'm not even in the same room, same house, same vicinity, not even the same state. Don't know why, just can't. I know how, it's by the Lord, but don't know why, just can't. Well, I used to have that same. I used to pop into the king's bedroom and listen to what they were saying, and then pop back to me, very that, and tell Israel's king, hey, this is the plans this guy's going to do, blah, 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 right on the money, 100%. You know it's prophecy. The prophecy is being spoken. Because if it's 100% accuracy, it's coming from God. There are other false spirits out there that want to mimic God, to deceive us and lead us away from God. That's called harm. It's also called, it's also a curse, or a cursed, 
or you can put it this way. It's a very hexing place to be in. When another spirit, other than the Lord's spirit, so the spirit of the Lord is leading you. Go, spirit of the Lord, righteousness leads you in righteousness for the for the sake of His name. His reputation is laid upon it, not ours. His is. So, what does it benefit you or anybody else if you're going to go around pointing out people's faults? Not going to benefit anybody. Not even going to benefit you. If it's not good for anybody else, it's definitely not good for you. See, and that's, and you got to look at it that way. You can't just like, like just start just doing whatever you know and be a judge and just run around. Okay, you can. Go ahead. You're not going to have any friends one day. Nobody's going to show up at your funeral. You'll be all alone when you die, perhaps. And guess what? You just live in this place where you're freaking tense, gross, and freaking messed up, and you know there's something wrong, but you can't fix it. You're in that state. You don't want to be in that state. I've been there before. It sucks. Don't be a judge. You don't take your armor with you. You take, you leave your shield at home. Say you just decide to leave the plate mail back and you're going to wear leather today. You still don't take the shield. What happens when you don't take that shield and you get hit? You can't go back out on the battlefield and fight for your king. You may not even be able to work at this point because, you, you know, and I screwed up. I screwed up in that area. I didn't, I didn't wear a condom. I never wore a condom when I was younger. Never did. I wasn't raised on those things. Those things kind of started getting popular in the you know, late 70s, early 80s. They weren't popular when I was having sex. When I started having sex, I never wore one. And most of the gals that I had sex with didn't like them. And most girls don't. I don't, I don't blame them. You know, I, I don't blame them at all. I'm not going to go into the whole freaking physical description of that and get into the dynamics of uh, wearing or not wearing a condom and say this. Well, I would have been wearing one. Perhaps it would have been more protected. Now, they're not 90 Ninety, they're not hundred percent. They're like ninety-seven percent accurate. I don't know. say ninety-nine sometimes on the box, depends on the brand you buy or whatever. They're not hundred percent accurate. They don't completely, completely protect you. But there are times when I yeah, should have been, I should have been anyway, and I, perhaps I wouldn't have this virus that I've got this HIV thing. I don't want another virus, especially one that's going to kill me. And then you know, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about this one day. Okay, so when I was younger, I never went to the hospital. I didn't like going to the doctors. It cost too much money, and they always seemed to find something else wrong with you besides the one thing that's wrong. So yeah, you got to take more pills, and you got to come back, and you got to spend more money, money you don't have sometimes, or money that you do have, you have earmarked for something else, or money that you just have, but you're just fed up, and you don't want to go to the doctor. You don't want to take their advice. You don't want to use their medication. You don't want to take their, you don't want to carry their shield, basically. Now, when I had the HIV, I found out I have HIV, they uh, give me HIV medicine. I was like, I don't want any of that AZT stuff because that stuff's killing people. And I said, no, 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 we're not using that anymore. We're using this stuff. When this here's a brand new stuff, and you test it for other people, um, we'll compensate you for it. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. But I thought, what the hell? I'll do it well, if it's going to help humanity. And I did, and I did, because it actually, I met somebody that saved their life. The very, it's called Crixivan. That's the very first stuff I used. Crixivan, Zeret, and something else. Well, I met a gal online. A few years after I started, uh, it was a few years back, and um, she was dead. They shot her with her. She died of AIDS, died in the hospital. She was a school teacher. She did the same thing I did. I had unprotected sex and boom, got it. Really cool school teacher, too. I mean, I've been out to her place out there in Wisconsin. She's awesome. But she's like my bro, man. I love that, that woman so much. Her name is Circled Moon. Native American name, but she's not Native American. She's American American. She uh, works a lot with Native Americans, and she's uh, very close friends with the some of the tribal elders, elders of the, how do I say it right? Menominee. I said it right. Hey, I said it right. Wow. They're right up there. They're, okay, so who are they? Okay, they're in central Wisconsin. Their, um, their reservation is right up there. Their line is one of the rivers there, the Clara River, I believe it is. And they're, well, maybe it's the Wolf River. I don't know if one to. But their um, actual reservation is butted up against the Mohicans Reservation, which is on the other side of the river. 
Yeah, I said, well, you can, there are some. There's still some. <laughs> the story of the last one, he can, okay, okay, whatever. There are still Mohicans, the Mohawks, I call them, the Menominees. I met an elder of the Menominee tribe. Gave me a shirt, actually, a long sleeve shirt. His wife did. She ran some. It's got a sturdy on it. It's really cool. It's got their, their badge on it. It's a long sleeve shirt. It's one of my favorite shirts. Got a picture of him that somebody painted. This other lady I met there in Wisconsin. We're going to go over and see. We're going to see Connie. I was right. We went over to the site. And oh, she's an artist. I'm an artist. We talked to art and looked at her. I love man. She's got some great art. She goes, I want to give you this. I said, what's that? And she goes, this is John. I picture John McConish. And I was like, oh, she didn't even know I'd been out to see him. I go, I have was it just out there yesterday? She goes, you saw him? And I said, what would you think? I said, oh, man, it's wonderful. I, I love him. He's awesome. Yeah, John McConish. He's an older guy. like in his 80s. So she gave me a picture of him sitting right there underneath my lamp over on by my bed. Before I go to sleep, I pray for him. Really cool guy. Yeah, I got to bless him. Got to got to actually lay hands on him and pray for him to be healed from some things. And um, he got healed from asthma. One of the things he got healed from, like a couple other things too. So, pretty cool. God just touched him and healed him, man. Said, boom, here you go. Boom, there it is. Didn't find out for like. His next doctor appointment, you know, which is about like a, like four weeks, almost four weeks away. It was like three and a half weeks. <laughs> Pretty cool. You never know what's gonna happen. I don't know if he's gonna touch me and heal him. I just know that I, if I pray for him, God's hearing me. So you know, by the standards of what's written in Scripture, yeah, He is healing him. But I never, you know, you don't hear. You, you, you just do the work. You don't know. You know, you do the work expecting the results, but you do the work. You lay the work down, man. I, I try not to put any expectations on anything, even God. And I'll tell you why. This is why because. It, who, who gives me the right to put an expectation on him when I am his creation and he's not mine? You know, I just look at it from that point, man, how disrespectful it would be to expect your creator to freaking be this person. Unless that creator said he is that person and, and you know revealed himself as that person, then you can have, have the expectation that he will be. It'll be the same. You know, But you can't put the expectation on, on somebody that doesn't give you, the, give you the space to give that. See what I'm saying? It's like crosses the line for me. So I don't do that. I don't do it with anybody. But I do with things sometimes. That's why I screw up. I don't do that. I try not to do that. I've done less and less of that. I'm going to each day with an expectation of it's going to be a day. And it might be out. It might be trouble today, but it also might be a good day. Probably a balance of both. And I look at it that way. That way, I, I'm, I'm not, that way I'm not so out of touch that when some bad things happen, I go fucking completely into freaking you know, death mode. Oh, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I didn't get my bubble gum today. You know? You see what I'm saying? Stay in a place of balance, man. Keep your keep your your yourself in a place of balance. That way, you're not gonna fucking get hit and get knocked off your feet, or get hit and get knocked up into the air. You know, oh, this is such a good day. Ah, I can float. Ah, float. Ah. You know, and the next day you're down. We call that bipolar, basically. You know, and, and, well, watch out, dude, because you get around some doctors, they'll put you on medication. Oh, I got a pill for that. Oh, I got a pill for that. You got a pill for everything. Well, I got a god for everything. Didn't use protection. So I didn't take my shield with me. I ended up with HIV. Not that they were 100%, but they were definitely 99, 97%. Should have. But I didn't. That's called arrogance. It's also called ignorance. It's also called dumb shit. What are you doing, man? Got HIV, see? You know, he deserved it. No, I didn't deserve it. Nobody deserves that crap. And if you think that way, then you're screwed because you, we all deserve death. They deserve a lot, but we're not getting it. Maybe we all get what we want, but not, 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 not one bit of what we deserve. Thank God of grace for grace, because Jesus took all that out of our space. 
It's not with us anymore. He let it go through the way as far as the east from the west. Put it in the sea of forgetfulness. God forgot something. He forgot it on purpose and it's forgotten. He'll never bring it up because he's never going to change. He's the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. He'll always be that person. You can count on him. You cannot count on humans. You cannot count on this earth. You cannot count on the things of this earth. You cannot count on the weather. You cannot count on animals. You cannot count on anything except God. And that's the consensus, the whole message that's in Scripture, all the way through from the front to the beginning. The whole canon of Scripture says that very thing all the way through, that you can count on God. And God wants us to, to know that we can count on Him and exercise that by faith. That's what faith is. It's the exercising of knowing I can count on God. It's the belief to the point where you know you can count on God because you know you know you should know. Nobody can change that. Period. That's a very basic definition of faith. Everybody's like, oh, faith is... No, it's that fucking thing. It's that thing. It's that. Fuck you, it's that thing. It's exactly that. If you don't believe me, you'll piss off, man. You freaking wanker, because you're just stirring up problems. Go figure it out for yourself, because it is. It is that very thing, people. I used to get tested a lot on that. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't give a shit whether you know or not. I know. And when it comes to past, then you'll know. But you know what God said about it to, to Moses? When he said, when he led the people out of, out of Israel... He said this, before he got there, Moses says, well, can I have a sign? You know, and God says, here's the sign. Can I have a sign that you're sending me to Pharaoh to, to, <coughs> excuse me, to lead me out, to lead these people out of Israel? All the lives, like 200,000 or 2 million or something. I don't know, it was a lot of people. There's been two figures that people said about it, so I don't know. So it was about 2 million, 200,000, whatever it is, but it was a lot. Please give me a sign that this that you're God, that this is you, that you, that really, you, I mean, think about it, each talks to Moses, Moses has never seen him before, goes up on this mountain, he talks to Moses, he's going to lead my children around, blah, 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 you know, you're going to lead them out, they're in slavery, you're going to lead them out, they're enslaved right now in Egypt, and you're going to lead them out, so you got to go talk to a pharaoh, who you grew up with, there's a whole weird story about that, but you know, and you're going, man, my life's strange, God wants me to go get all these people, and you say to your brother, hey, yo, Jethro, come here, uh, we got to go down here, and do- oh no, what is it, Jethro, oh, what is that guy's name? Aaron, Aaron, hey, Aaron. sorry, Jethro, Jethro was his dad, <laughs> or was that his stepdad, or his uh, married dad, or his dad, and he said, hey, Aaron, come here, Aaron, Aaron, what the heck guy's name is that, Aaron, <laughs> hey, Aaron, come here, this is what this guy said, say, 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 you're going to be a priest, and they're like, what, <laughs> oh my God, this is crazy, I never heard of this, what are you talking about, Moses, what are you going to smoke, they're smoking sagebrush and something else, I bet, anyway, so he goes in there. You got to go talk to this feral dude, right? You can kill him at will. Dead. Dead. Arrow, that's arrow. The other one's a gun. And the, I don't know, whatever that is. Somebody strangled him from behind there. I don't know. Anyway, so. You got to go talk to this guy. He's very powerful. He can kill you right on the spot. And he says, can I have a sign, please? And God says this. How about this? I'll give you a sign. You want a sign? I'm going to give you a sign. This is going to blow your mind. <laughs> If you had told me it blew my mind, I went, wow, Lord, what the heck? Are you crazy? <laughs> God's crazy, okay? Well, okay, God's crazy. <laughs> he said this. He said, when you lead them out and bring them back to this mountain to worship me, that's your sign. It's an after the fact. Not before the fact, but then after the fact. He, he's basically, in that very thing right there, he's saying, have faith. Trust me, period. You know, ladies are good on this. They, they like to, right out, right out of the gate, man, 400 women I've talked to online in chat rooms trying to find a wife or whatever. And I'm not kidding you. That's, that's, I shaved the number down, too. Um, I counted them out. 
I'll shave the number down. Um, most of them are say, oh, when you start, start talking about it, they're like, eh, they want you to do this or do that. And you're like, well, I don't know. You know don't you trust me? Don't you trust me? Don't you trust me? Scammers use that same tactic. Don't you trust me? They're, they're trying to break you down so that you say, yeah, and then once they can get you to say, yeah, then they can get a little bit closer to your money or whatever. It's all a tactic. But with God, it's not a tactic. It's straightforward. He wants us to trust him if we don't trust him. And first off, that's not pleasing to him. He doesn't like that. Well, he doesn't like that. The second off, well, sometimes you got to get out on that freaking limb or nobody else is, and you got to cut the tree off behind you and hope to damn that limb doesn't drop out of the sky. That's trust. It's a place where you have to put hope at because you got nothing else to put there. You can't walk out on it because there's nothing else underneath you. You can't fly out on it because you have no wings to fly. You just have to trust that God is not in the sky, but he's in your heart, living inside of you, telling you what to do, where to go. So you didn't take the shield. And you didn't take it, and your, your, your neighbor you're supposed to protect that shield. Oh, you know, he's in battle with you right next to you. You know, Spartanism, you know, that shield protect the guy next to me, not just me. The guy next to me, I mean, he just keeps going down the line, you know. But shield for that guy, but they don't them will turn themselves into a turtle, and we'll march into battle, and nobody can hurt us. Spartans had some great, wonderful mentality on it. They were believed to be the descendants of, what's that guy's name? Oh, Hickelix. No, I'm not Hickelix. Licky Clips? No, not Licky Clips. What's that guy's name? Hercules. No, not Hercules. Hercules, that's it. That's it. Yep, yep, Hercules. No, I knew how the whole time. It just away. Um, So, Hercules. You know, Hercules, hard to pick up all kinds of things and throw them at you. Even a house. Ooh. Oh, no, we're in the house still. Ah, Hercules, catch you. Oh, crap, i got to run fast. He's there. Catch the house, put it down. Sorry about that. I didn't know anybody's home. <laughs> I was trying to smash this uh, ant over here with the house. <laughs> I'm Hercules. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. You know what the first form of weightlifting is? This is a freebie. I'm even lifting a rock. <laughs> As it cracks me up, and Paul Kiel's is funny. So anyway, here it goes. You didn't take the shield with you. Guess what happened? You went out to battle. You got hurt. Your neighbor got dead. And you had to return home bleeding and wounded. And now you can't go back out to battle because you got to heal. Pretty soon you got to cut your arm off now because you got gangrene. Because you don't, you don't have your medication to fix it with. Because, you know, if you get your arm cut really hard, really bad, and you don't go to the doctor, you know, you get gangrene. If you don't treat it right, if you don't treat it right, so doctors not treat things right. What is a doctor for? For a little while, yeah, because I'm only here for a little while. Okay, so you have the mentality: oh, I don't need to. I'm a farmer. I'm a. I can farm all I want. All the rest of my life, I'm gonna be a farmer. So I don't need insurance. I don't need any of this other stuff. I don't, you know, and then all of a sudden, you have a freaking fire in your farm. It burns your whole farm to the ground, and you had no insurance on anything, and then poof, you're at a loss. I know. We do insurance to protect ourselves, right? Yeah, that's exactly what we do. The very reason why we do insurance. When I started driving, I didn't even have automobile insurance. I know I'm not that old, but still, I remember. I remember I didn't even have to have a driver's license to ride a motorcycle. Drive a motorcycle on the street in Boise, Idaho. Then they changed the law, and then I had to. You know, we didn't have automobile insurance at one time, and we, I paid for it. when they changed the law, everybody fought against it. Went, oh, why, why, why? <laughs> now everybody has it. You kind of have to because if you don't, you get a ticket for it. What, what do you mean are you taking for? Do you know there's things that you can get a ticket for for not having? Insurance, your driver's license, um, you know, a few other things. You could actually be walking down the street and the, cop, the cops could actually arrest you for not having a driver's license, or, excuse me, ID, not having an ID on you. It's true. It's a known fact. I almost got arrested in Chicago for that. <laughs> also in Boise, Idaho for that. In my own hometown. 
I said, God, you guys know me. What are you talking about? I'm a born race here. Are you supposed to carry ID all the time, sir? Okay, I guess that's new. Y'all, it's not has been around for a long time. Really? It's a lot on the books. Yeah, go look it up, man. Go look in your hometown if you carry your ID on you. They can arrest you. They can fucking arrest you for not carrying your ID. Isn't that stupid? But it can happen. So you carry the idea to what? So you don't get arrested. Well, as I call it, it's called protection. Protection against the officer that's going to arrest me. He's actually supposed to be there to protect me. <laughs> well, I'm protecting the other citizens because we don't know who you are. Well, I'm from Earth. Well, I'll prove it. <laughs> um, f- take a sample from my skin. You know? Take my hair full. I don't know. My point is this. There are so many unvaccinated people, and we have vaccinations for everything. You know, you when you were in school and you were a kid, you got vaccinated for polio and a bunch of other shit. And don't tell me you didn't because you did. Living in America, you did. There's a bunch of people that are not unvaccinated, are not vaccinated from COVID-19, and it's killing the unvaccinated right now, today. Do you guys want to hear what the death rate is today? Well, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to make you look it up yourself, or just give you the opportunity to look it up yourself, because I'm not your leader. But I am here as a voice. I'm here as a voice of wisdom right now. And it is not unwise, and it is not going against God's will, because it's God's will. He told me, I said, am I going to get COVID-19? He said, no. But do what they say. Follow the rules. Follow uh, the rules are examples. He said, follow their example. And I said, what example is that? And he says, the CDC is what they're saying. I said, you serious? He said, yes, this is very serious. I said, okay. And I did that. I don't have COVID-19. I got, my, got vaccinated. I'm glad I did. I stay away from people. There were a few, few, just a few, like a handful of people that I know. Live around here, go some of my neighbors and a couple other people. That's it. My mom, my brother live here. That's it. We do the same thing. And the reason why is because it's killing the unvaccinated right now. You can still get it if you're vaccinated, but I highly doubt you will. Just practice what they said because it's wisdom. Wisdom will appear in the face of arrogance as fear. Arrogance will say, well, that's just fear. Arrogance, I'm going to say it again, arrogance will say, that's just your ego, somebody else's ego. Don't freaking listen to them because they're wrong. It's just like I was saying earlier, there's false prophets in this world, and guess what? Don't be one. My message is a stern one, but my message today is to encourage you to do the right thing. You're protecting yourself. Do you want to see your kids tomorrow, or do you want to die tomorrow? Do you want to spend the rest of your remaining days in the hospital, which it might be only like six or seven? Or do you want to spend... Your lifetime outside the hospital, where it's maybe, you know, your lifetime, 40 years or more, or 50 or 60. The choice is yours, but to be honest with you, I think the choice has already been made, and I think that you should, I think the choice is, is that you should actually do what is right. Because, you know what, when there's no clear direction, falling back on righteousness is always good. This is Rev D.G. I'm out. Don't get shit out. We'll be right back. <laughs> Rev DDT, Universal Broadcast, broadcasting live across the universe today. This is Rev DDT. <laughs> bye bye, baby. Bye bye.